0: My name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is a form, as we all know. You know I'm going to say forum. I don't know why I bother. And today's what is a form that goes by the name of creepyhollows.com. Now, Creepy Hollows is a site that is for people who, um, well, you know, they believe in spirits, and they believe in dragons, and they believe in all manner of creatures and spirits. And I said spirits already, what else do they believe in? Well, they believe in a lot of hocus pocus and uh, imaginary stuff. Paranormals, they say in some parts. And um, you know, one of the main things I'll just read from uh, this one page, which is all about spirit keeping. And the spirit keeping description is like this. Spirit keeping. If you are interested in learning about being a spirit keeper, we have many resources that can help you learn, grow, and achieve the best possible experience. Who are spirit keepers? Thousands across the globe of varied backgrounds, religions, lifestyles, genders, and ages. They are those who carry the belief of the paranormal and metaphysical in their hearts every day, finding the beauty that exists beyond the power of the human eye. They work with spirits through various venues of communication, including, but not limited to, meditation, telepathy, Pendulum, automatic writing, and dreams. They welcome spirits into their lives and make them a part of the family. Keeping spirits means to invite a spirit of various origin into your home and life to complement your journey in life as a whole. They are mean to provide companionship, guidance, assistance, support, friendship, and much more. The people who choose to bring spirits into their lives are as varied as human beings as the spirits that exist in the world around us. It's not a religion, but a lifestyle choice enjoyed by people of various religions, backgrounds, lifestyles, genders, etc. We work with thousands of races of spirits from entities of the physical, spiritual, and astral realm. The best way to get started is to read the forum section providing the link above, familiarize yourself with some of the spirits by using our Encyclopedia All Entities article, and browse our online store to see which spirits resonate or call out to you the most. Our goal is and always has been to provide those interested in spirit keeping the most information possible so they can make make responsible and well-informed decisions. So that's what they're about. So there are lots of different, um, you know, paranormal collecting, spirit-keeping, uh, dragon-owning things going on in here. But well, we'll start in the spirit-keeping sub of the paranormal collecting subform of the board index at Creepy Hollows. And the first thread we'll read is by user Startfire, who writes in a thread he or she entitled, What is your first spirit that you got for spirit-keeping? And it goes like this. Call me curious or just plain nosy. He but I thought what was the first spirit that you decided to get to get you started on the path of being a spirit keeper. Also, why that spirit? Mine was a dragon and because I've always loved dragons and wanted to learn as much as I can about them. Starfire. And it's a, got a little color cycling dragon icon. And Zenrites, writes, a Duonja. It was not what I would have expected for myself to go for, but it felt right. And Athene2012 writes, in light green writing, which is on a like a yellow background, so it's almost impossible to read, a Strigoi mort vampire, but I happened upon him accidentally, or not, not even knowing about spirit keeping in general, or even thinking I'm going to become a collector or keeper. Thank you to D for coming here. And Noctum Arternus writes, I chose a sanguine vampire and a gargoyle, and I ended up receiving two vampires and two gargoyles and 3 graveyard vultures writes my female sang vamp and now her two children are with me as <laughs> my female sang vamp and now her two human children are with me as well i picked a vampire because i can understand or relate to them if this makes sense and merchant writes i came in blind i didn't read anything first off i really wanted a certain immortal and ordered him from ch creepy hollows I didn't realize about the back order and thought he seemed like he would be lovely to work with. But the very first spirits I ever received into my hands were my Ifrit and my Kodam. And Magma writes, After waiting about a month learning about spirit keeping, I felt drawn to ordering a Bronwyn angel, my first spirit. She's kept me calm through tough times. And Autumn Fay writes, The first spirit... I had chosen was Mr. Cambion, but while waiting on him, I had got a watcher from eBay for protection and as a teacher also. The watcher got here first. LOL. I don't, I'm not understanding any of this. And Autumn Faye continues. Oh, I had forgot to say that I knew absolutely nothing about spirit keeping, but I had run across a few quote unquote dark witches on YouTube, and they provided a lot of good info about their astral travels, whatever. I befriended them, and one told me about spirit keeping. I thought she was off her rocker a bit, or I didn't pay much attention to it till a year later, as it happened so quickly when I finally accepted spirit keeping. I am so embarrassed, though, at how I behaved when I first started spirit keeping. I was so paranoid and had been the center of a bit of a hysterical post. And Earth Spirit writes a baby Pegasus. She was a wonderful angel. (laughs) She was a wonderful angel through some very tough times recently. She's a miracle, though it took me a year to realize she was actually here. And Babyface writes, two lady vamp but ended up with four, two sigh and two sang. They call themselves, quote unquote, the four gorgeous ones. Very feisty, humorous, sarcastic at times, but quite loyal. Why? I didn't know any better at the time and before I discovered CH. And Phoenix Fire writes, a baby phoenix and a black unicorn. Bless them for putting up with me all this time. And Citrine writes, a psi vamp who never actually showed up. The seller was kind enough to send a replacement vessel with a different vamp, also Psy, with a gin that yanked me into his listing so hard I didn't know which way was up. I knew it was maybe not the best idea to have a gin so early in the game, but I couldn't not have him, so he came home. And Dark Addictions writes, My male sterling angel, he was my the first spirit that I collected with a base knowledge. But then again, I can't call him my first, as I had two loas and some fairies back when I was in my late teens and early 20s, way before CH. Also, there are some spirits that were actually with me since I was born. But I'm going to say the fairies, then the loas, which I still have around, and then my sterling angel by my own recognizance. And... Starfire writes, wow, this has all been very interesting. Dark addictions, I was on my way to work this morning and realized that I too had been spirit keeping much longer than the first dragon I had gotten. I have had unbound dragons come around from time to time since I was a kid. Then I found some different site on eBay and actually collected a few human spirits with good stories about them. Then I ran across one eBay site that belonged to a certain seller by the name of Dee. She had so many wonderful things in her store, and then I saw one item that had a spirit attached to it, and she described him as a skinwalker who could shapeshift into a werewolf. So actually, I consider him my first werewolf, and he made contact through my dreams. So I was already spirit-keeping before I really knew what it was until I found Creepy Hollows. When I found Creepy Hollows, I wasn't even looking for spirits. I was looking to see what information about haunted places here in my state. Then I found their store, and the rest is history. I did this post because sometimes it's good to remember where we were and how we got where we are now. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, the stories here are great. Thanks to all of you for being here and being who you are. Starfire, still with the color cycling dragon emoticon. And moving from there, we move to... And from there, we move into a more dark aspect of the spirit keeping, still in the spirit keeping subforum of the paranormal collecting subforum in a thread started by Creepy Hollows entitled, Can Spirits Be Forcibly Bound? And it goes like this. On any given day, no. Spirits are capable of holding their own against something trying to exact a malicious action against them. Binding is something that can only take place with permission. Without permission, the action cannot be performed. A spirit is not a vulnerable weakling incapable of taking action to ensure their own safety and freedom. Permission is even required when a vessel is lost and a spirit needs to be transmuted to to a new vessel. Without it, a practitioner cannot take action to move or rehome a spirit. Can forcible binding happen ever? Yes. Even though I said no just a moment ago. Yes, but you only see this in black magic practitioners who are summoning and conjuring black arts spirits or entities whose intentions as a whole are malicious. The majority of the people in the world do not hold the capability to force a superior being against its will. You typically only see this in black magic practitioners doing so against other black arts spirits to force them to do their bidding because black arts spirits, as a rule, will not voluntarily help you. However, it should also be noted that in this case, the word quote unquote spirit is inaccurate because most of the time the black arts Quote-unquote spirits bound against their will are living entities who reside on another plane such as the astral or spiritual. And BA practitioners always pay in the end and you usually don't see their run last longer than a few months or a year before something breaks them down if they're going with a forcible approach. BA entities have powers beyond any scope of human and typically a BA practitioner will allow themselves to become possessed by a strong BA spirit in order to continue BA work. The number of these kinds of practitioners are very few and far between. And Yoga2010 writes, I agree. I have seen the end of such practitioners. They die painfully, get many diseases. No doctor is able to cure them. Most of the time, medical science is not even able to find out what is making them sick. I've seen many such examples in real life. Thanks. And Just Woman 4 writes, coming from a place where 90% magic practice here is BA, this is not surprising for me. I've seen how they deal really badly because of it. What's surprising me is there is white magic before. To be honest, one of my grandma, not blood-related, is practicing BA. I've witnessed how scary it is, and believe me, you don't want to deal with it. I thought all magic practiced are bad. Well, we learn through example. And thanks, CH, for providing good literature through forum and encyclopedia. It opened my eyes that it is not always that bad, and now I am having a dragon that I am sure helping me a lot since I welcomed him. P.S. Magnolia, you are sending me male dragon, right? How come my grandma seeing I am having a woman companion? Even she talked to this spirit and asking what is her purpose following me. And my grandma said I am having a very good and protective spirit, but very arrogant in her personality. Smiley face emoticon and hug emoticon. And then the thread becomes very complicated with all sorts of discussions, copied and pasted from other threads. So we will leave it at that. And next we'll go to a thread entitled... Something that frustrates me by user Techmon again in the spirit keeping subform. And it goes like this You know, there's something that frustrates me at times, and that's when your own parents don't understand the concept of spirit keeping. Countless times, I've tried to explain that my succubus, and the truth be told, I've never actually fully explained what a succubus really is, my mom would freak out if she knew what we did sometimes, is indeed real and that she exists. I can feel not only her energy, but her body too. I should say that I can feel her more and more every day. But according to my dad, my succubus can't exist because she's not tangible. Now, wait a minute here. There are many things that aren't tangible but still exist. Wind, for example. You can't hear it, feel it, even smell it, but you can't see it or touch it. What about radio and cellular waves? You can't see them or hear them, touch them, but they exist, don't they? What about microorganisms? You can't normally see them, but with the power of a microscope, and bam, we see Amoebus XD. I think there's logic missing in that statement. But I'm not saying my parents are bad, but I find it kind of funny at how they believe in God and stuff like that, yet they see my succubus as my quote-unquote imaginary friend. On the other hand, I've told my two friends about her, and they knew that she was real. Could be the generation gap now, too. Has anyone else here had similar experiences? I'm curious to know. And Shari writes, Hi, Techmon. I think there are a lot of people in the same situation as you. I, on the other hand, am probably a lot older than you at 41. But my family still do not understand but they just leave me to it, so to speak. People have their own views on spirits slash ghosts, etc., and most of the views are pushed on people at very young age when quote-unquote mummy says there's no such thing as ghosts. Unfortunately, there's not a lot we can do about it. People have freedom of choice slash thought, and I have realized it doesn't matter how much I try to explain to my hubby, he still doesn't get it, and I'm probably pushing him further away from the idea every time I try to explain. Some people do come around to the idea, as I've heard on this forum, but most don't. I wouldn't worry about it too much. You are not the only one, and you always have lots of like-minded friends on here to talk to. P.S. You've also got to remember that the older generation had a lot longer to, quote-unquote, not believe, if you know what I mean. Younger people are a lot more open-minded, I think, and seem to just go with the flow. Just my thoughts. And Citrine writes, I've shared the concept with my mom just recently. I'm in my mid-thirties, XD. She's really open-minded to the metaphysical world and always very supportive as well as incredibly interested in what I do. But she seems pretty uncomfortable with the idea of spirit-keeping. I'm not sure if it's because she doesn't believe or if she's scared of the idea. It's not a conversation I'm ready to have with her yet, if at all. When it comes to other people and the concept of spirit-keeping, it's going to be hit-and-miss. The important thing to remember is that everyone is entitled to their opinion and their own beliefs just the same as you are. It's frustrating and horrible and annoying to be faced with a non-believer and someone who tells you you're wrong. Especially when it's your family. But they're allowed to believe whatever they want to and are comfortable with the same way you are. It's an exercise in patience and tolerance from all sides. But as it's already been said, you and everyone else have lots of like-minded, open, and caring individuals here on the board to share with. And we, quote-unquote, get you. And we believe. And Moon Gypsy writes, Many people know that I am quote-unquote witchy and have known for over half my life. They seem fine with that, but spirit-keeping? I just can't bring myself to even try explaining that. It's just thankful that I have found CH where I can communicate with others on the subject. And Lumerian Priestess writes, My family is all quote-unquote witchy and we're all pretty in tune with the metaphysical world. That being said, I sort of inherited my own spirit-keeping tendencies from my auntie, who has a genie that she freely talks about and talks to all who has a genie that she freely talks about and talks to all the time. I finally decided I wanted to get my own because of her. And Bloomin' Angel, which I first read as Bloomin' Onion, but that's because I'm hungry. And Bloomin' Angel 01 writes, I can understand what you're going through, even though it didn't happen to me with my mom. The day I told her, I felt relieved. I mentioned it and she was like, oh nice, what have you learned on that site, CH. I told her about all the spirit keeping stuff, the kind of spirits, rankings, about conjuring, spell work, etc. She was immediately interested and gave me an order to get her a custom conjured gold dragon. LOL. When I was going to place the order, she said, and don't forget to get something for your brothers. I asked what, and she said, quote unquote, get them a spirit that can protect them. So I got a Volks. So I got a Volklus. I don't know if that's not a word. So I got them Volks. And I plan on eventually getting custom spirits for most of my family members. Brothers, dad, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc. Not all of them know fully about spirit keeping. But all of them have a nice perspective and acceptance of entities such as angels. I know they won't take it the wrong way. And I'm sure the fact that my mom has a gift somehow got her excited about this topic. So yay! Perhaps you can explain to them that if they believe in angels, 100% positive they do if they have read the Bible, they can understand that there are lower ranks in different entities such as demons, and also ask them where do they think legends about dragons and fairies come from. Maybe get them thinking, and also tell them your theory about wind, waves, etc., and see what they tell you. Another thing, it is awesome that your succubus feels real, but she is not 100% real flesh. Once alive, not anymore. She's a spirit, a presence, energy. Whatever you want to call it, you can feel her, but other people may not be able to. So explain to them that they're not 100% tangible or visible by our eyes. But please don't replace human interaction because you have her. They are our friends, lovers, companions, and we should be glad that they are with us, but we have to interact with other people and socialize, date, and get married, etc. I wish you the best of luck and I hope this gets sorted out and they accept it. If you have any questions or doubts, please ask me and say hi to Kitty for me. And Naru Foxy writes When I first got into spirit keeping, like everyone else, I was so excited by all the things I was experiencing, and just really excited about my newfound spirit friends and such. But of course, my family and friends are all kind of Christians who think that ghosts are scary, and anything other than angels are devils, and witchcraft and such is the devil's work and stuff. But I was desperate to tell someone, other than CH members, you know. So I thought that maybe my best friend who had expressed interest in Wiccan things would understand a bit more than anyone else. I thought she might be interested in spirit spirit keeping and start with me. But she ended up just writing me off as off my rocker and warning me to be quote unquote careful with this stuff. Then when I told her that me and my spirit family would just leave her alone, then she just laughed me off and said she'd already forgotten about it. I hate it when she just laughed serious stuff off, but I had a feeling that she thought I was making stuff up and had imaginary friends or something. Whatever. We haven't talked about it since, but that's probably for the best. I was just really excited to share my experiences with someone, and I'm really frustrated about the whole thing. But I can imagine that buying and keeping spirits is a weird notion, especially for people taught that anything that isn't an angel is a devil. And we'll move from there into the Creepy Hollows Spells subform, subform Black Magic, in a thread entitled, I Think My Friend is the Victim of a Love Spell, by author Lola Madrid. And it goes like this. Long story short, my friend five months ago was telling me he wouldn't get into a serious relationship no matter what. He has dreams, he wants to accomplish, he wants to travel, and he is young and wants to be 100% free. Not even two weeks after he told me this, this girl came. She is a half-gypsy from the south of Spain. And they started dating. She is mean to him. She would make him leave whatever he is doing to go with her. The other day he was playing tennis with another friend and left in the middle of the game because she called him. In all sorts of things like that. She is best friends with another girl that we now practices black magic, and it's possible she practices magic herself as well. Now, how do we know if my friend is a victim of a quote-unquote love spell? How can we help him? Is there a way to stop the spell from working? I know a couple of methods to get rid of evil eye, for example, like putting a glass of water and salt under the bed and things like that, but I know nothing of love spells. Okay, it could be that he is genuinely in love with her, but I know him enough to know that this is not the case. Any help is greatly appreciated. Thank you, guys. Hugging emoticon and a heart. And Cranky Fish replies, Hey, Lola. People in love or lust can be really rude to their old friends for their new lovers, unfortunately. But if she's really mean to him and you feel justified to try and break them apart, a vinegar jar spell is a simple and effective means. You aren't aiming to physically hurt them, just quote-unquote sour the relationship, and make them annoyed constantly at each other. Here is a link to how. And it is a link to a spell at Lucky Mojo, which is a forum Lou Reed's listeners will remember. You don't have to buy their stuff, of course, for it to work, but it's a good resource. And Lola Madrid writes, Thanks, Cranky. I don't want to break them up. I mean, I don't want to get in the way in case it is true love. He is not rude to us, not at all. He is the most wonderful guy in the world. But he is miserable, and he doesn't even realize. He has got a strong character. So he is not the pushover kind of guy. She is the one who is rude to him. What worries me is that he never behaved like that with a girl before, and now he is like her minion or servant, and she is horrible to him. I just want to know if there is any method to, if there is actually a love spell involved, to break it, so he would just wake up and decide for himself if he is in love with her or not. I know that if I tell him to do something without telling him what it is for, he will do it because he trusts me. So, if for example, you think someone put a spell on you, what would you do to break it, if that makes sense? Or what would I do to break the spell? And Tinkerbell writes, Not entirely sure you should intervene. No spell, if it is a spell indeed, is definite. Ultimately, the relationship will end if he chooses for it to, because no one can force love upon somebody. Just be a friend for him when it does. As an outsider, it's easy to judge, and perception is not always accurate. Nobody knows the true nature of a relationship other than the ones involved. And like Cranky Fish said, people do tend to drop their friends and such and spend time with new love. Everybody has been guilty of that at some point or another. Since you do not know for sure, just assume no spell is involved. In this case, why would you want to break up your friend's relationship? Not very supportive, really. Not intended personally, just hypothetically. I am not accusing you of anything. If you do a spell to break up a natural relationship, it is likely you will suffer the consequences, and in the process, you will hurt your friend too. I know you're trying to help a friend, but maybe you should take a step back. If you really want to do a spell, maybe do one along the lines of along the lines of something that will reveal her deceit or intentions, or perhaps do a true love spell for him so that he can benefit positively, or a protection spell even. I suggest not meddling at all, though, and just being happy for him. And Cranky Fish adds, Ah, okay, I understand better now. So for her, maybe a quote-unquote revealed true nature spell, using some clarity, oil, herbs to make the tongue slip, or a reversal candle. That way, if her spell, if any, is negative slash will-bending in nature, it will go back to her. If no spell's in action, nothing will happen to her. And Lola Madrid writes, Now that's what I'm talking about. I just need something to reveal the spell or stop it if there is any. Please, Tink, don't get me wrong. I really don't want to intervene or force anyone to do anything. In fact, what I would like is for things to happen naturally because I believe in love and I think it should happen with no spells involved. That's why it gets me angry when someone uses a spell to force someone else to quote unquote love them. That's why if this girl uses a spell, my friend, I would like for it to break so it sets my friend free so he can decide for himself if he loves her or not without being under the spell powers. Sounds like someone's a little jealous. And the next threat in the Black Magic subform is by AshMDA and the title is psychic attack all caps and in fact the entire post is in all caps although i will not be yelling imagine that i am and it goes like this i hear we have some daers in here da stands for dark arts glad to hear it i knew you guys were into the spirits but no idea we had some into the magic in the spirit i have some psychic attack info for you You may already know that the evil eye is considered the oldest form of psychic attack. It is founded in Christian beliefs, believe it or not, and a real evil eye can be deadly. But did you know that nuns use psychic attacks against those who threaten the Catholic traditions? Yeah, no kidding. So tell your kids next time they're in school, those nuns are a whole lot more deadly than they think. The year was 14... 14- <laughs> okay. The year was 1455. In the covenant of Wenningsen and the nuns laid out, stretched in the shape of a cross, and chanted, In the midst of life we are in death, over and over. Why? Because it is a chant when done properly. No, I'm not giving you the details. will bring death to the persons chanted for. No kidding. Kind of makes you laugh, doesn't it? All the Christians who are so against magic. If they knew the history of their own religion, they'd see that magic and Christianity have a long standing with one another. The Catholic Catholics are the most well-known for their magic rites, rituals, ceremonies, and incantations for both white and black magic. That's right. Christians have developed some of the darkest and blackest magic out there. Don't believe me? Read Verbum Abreviatum, a piece of 12th century literature that explains in detail the ceremony of Catholic ritual used to bring death to someone who commits murder. Yeah. They make a wax likeness of the murder victim, and then a whole congregation takes part in a Christian black magic ceremony to bring death to the murderer within three days of the ceremony's completion. Psychic attacks are serious business. So how do you know if you have someone trying to do a psychic attack? Well, first, it depends on how skilled the person is at throwing a psychic attack at you. Most side effects are severe migraines, vomiting, impotence for men, loss of appetite, cold sweats, high fever, your heart feeling like it's fluttering, pain in the back of your neck, back pain near your kidneys, and insomnia. Usually it's a mixture of any of the above. Everybody reacts differently to a psychic attack, and the skill level of the person doing it affects how strong the side effects are too. Some people, when they have a real master, priestess, or warlock cast a psychic attack, actually report skin jaundice, also severe depression that even meds can't help. Psychic attacks are serious. They really leave behind some nasty side effects when done by a real practitioner. So how do you protect yourself against a psychic attack? Spirits are good. They can alert you when something's not right. Harpies have a particular <coughs> Harpies have a particular sensitivity to psychic attacks, probably because they are super sensitive to magic. But if you don't want a harpy, and you know you do, <laughs> but if you don't want a harpy, and you know you do, then I suggest a shielding amulet specifically for psychic attacks. Now that I know there is interest in DA besides spirits, I'm going to spend some more time putting what I have in the store. But for some homespun remedies for those of you who feel like you've been attacked, here are some ways to alleviate the effects. Sunlight. Get lots of it. Yeah, yeah. Put on your SPF, but sit out in those golden rays for at least an hour a day, even if it's broken up into 15-minute intervals. You'll feel better after a few days. Massage, tell your significant other to break out the oils or get your dog to step all over your back or pay for a session at a day spa. Trust me, this works. It stimulates all the physical forces that you need to revitalize your defenses. Acupuncture, yeah, I don't know if I'd trust the SO, significant other to do this, but it will help you center your physical body and distract from the physical malfunction. If you have been attacked, start with the three I just suggested and get yourself an amulet or harpy to help you take care of the rest. Once you get the attack cleared, then use a standard cleansing and healing or amulet to get you back to neutral. Wishes for delight. Ash, a.k.a. the owner of the site. And David2885 writes, Hey Ash, what do you think of this spell? Does it work? Sunlight, get lots of it. Yeah, yeah, put on your SPF, but sit out for... Hmm. If you have been attacked, start with the three I just suggested and get yourself an amulet or harpy to help you take care of the rest. Once you get the attack cleared, then use a standard cleansing and healing or amulet to get you back to neutral. Wishes for delight. And the quoted spell is egg space cleaning. Eggs are great for removing person cleansing and to remove the evil eye. One, place eggs under the bed in a bowl of spring water. The number of eggs depends on the number of people sleeping in that particular bed. One egg per person. Two, replace all the eggs in water weekly. However, if you notice a foul smell prior to the week being over, that means the egg is full and needs to be thrown out. Three, do not eat the eggs you are going to dispose of. Do not break or crack them inside your home. Put them in a brown paper bag and discard them outside the house. And Mongrella writes, would psychic attack interfere with bonding with spirits because I've been having several of those symptoms combined with feeling totally blocked when I try to meditate and connect with my various new acquisitions. It is not constant, but happens every few days. A really bad block today, and then it sort of wears off, then comes back again full strength. Shall see if the budget will run to getting a harpy. And Kairos Damia Imran writes, Thanks for the information. Fascinating and important. From what you mentioned, are any of those rituals related to Loudon and Urbain Grandier? Love the information and would really like to read more. I found two days ago, when I was psychically attacked, that the life forms coming out of my... Kruth absolutely destroyed the attacking force and gave new and expanded energies and quote-unquote war force to all the other spirits, most especially my six Gorgons, Sanguine Vampires, my Werewolf, and Time Shadow forces. Is there any way to spread a cloak of invisibilities? <laughs> ah, Okay. Is there any way to spread a cloak of invisibility? Cheers, Kairos. Okay, well that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads, the internet for you. Would you learn anything? You're ponying up some money to buy yourself a harpy just to make sure you don't get it. Involved in any psychic attacks? Well you never know you can't play too safe with psychic attacks. tax just a quick announcement We're running out of time here the lou reeds live show is going to be september 15th 2011 at the people's improv theater in new york go to the facebook page for more info out there will also be info on the blog if you like to check things out and it's probably about a 50 or 60 seat theater and hopefully it will be jam-packed and uh, we'll have special guests and all kinds of other fun things anyway Thanks for listening. I really ran out of time this week, especially with this new time limit thing. is crazy. So uh hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. My name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, and one last thing. There will be bonus content on the podcast blog this week. There was just too much goodness just to jam in the 29 minutes, and so look for it on the blog. Lou out. Peace.